Like you, you've changed. Uh, you'll be all right. What would you do without me? Do you want to play that Bob Ross clip and make fun of me for not knowing who the hell Bob well, Ross the only was? One. It's not a clip. I thought I thought somebody said something. I thought it was like in a John Schneider. John Schneider. Do we have that? Play it, please, Lance. Just play it. Rude. No. He was awesome. I'm obviously perfect through six. We were joking. You can call him Bob Ross Stripling today. He was Who the painting. hell's Bob Ross? Bob Ross Stripling. That's John Schneider talking about. I don't know who Bob Ross is. You told me he's a painter, an American painter. I said, there's no You're such the only thing. I said, there's no such thing. You don't know who Bob Ross is. There's, you there, are. You know that? There's no such thing I, as an American painter. The, admit, only Ameri- the only thing Americans paint are houses. <laughs> Good one. Good one. You've been thinking about that when you were riding the train? No, I don't know who Bob, I thought Bob Ross yeah. is, isn't you know, he like a wrestling guy? Isn't there a Bob Ross that's a wrestling? Oh, that's Jim Ross. Man, you're spring, something else. Spring Joe Siddle on, he's our Blue Jays Central Joe, analyst. Who Bob Siddle, Ross do you know who Bob Ross is? I really didn't, except for, you oh. know, that pitching ninja guy on Twitter that does all the right. highlights of pitchers. He uses that little GIF emoji or whatever you call those things a lot, and that's when I found out what that right. guy's name was, but I really didn't know him. I'm not an artsy guy. Well, neither is Bob Ross, I don't think. I think he is. Isn't he the guy that, like, does he really paint, or is he? Yeah, he's a painter. Oh. I'll have to Google this. You too or something else. We'll be both, we have something in common, Bart. <laughs> Finally. You did it. <laughs> a little it. bit I'm... older than you, right? <laughs> you did <laughs> Well, one of uh... us is really old. <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah, let, let's move on. Uh, let's move on, shall we? The Yankees and, Jay, and uh, Jays open a four-game series tonight at in the Bronx. Jose Barrios on the mound for the Jays. We know now that Mitch White will make the start on Saturday instead of Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, no real surprise there, was there, Joe? Although I, I just I was scared, given the way things have gone this year, that you know the decision might be out of John Schneider's hands and. The powers above him may want to see you say Kikuchi one more time, but clearly saner heads prevailed. 
Yeah, no, I didn't think he was going to make the start. At least I didn't think he should make the start. I was a little surprised to see him in the bullpen yesterday, though. Um, Trent Thornton, of course, going out again. Poor Trent's been up and down that train. It's it's uh, He kind of comes up and does his thing. And, you know, I hope that that's the plan for Kikuchi is to pitch in those roles when it's 6-1 uh, to one for the other team. I mean, he just it's a tough place to go to try to work things out. And I think this is probably the only thing you can do other than the other two options, which were probably Buffalo or Florida or somewhere, because it's, it just hasn't been working. Now, I know Schneider has to say what he says after the game yesterday about picking spots for him and how he's still got a good fastball. And we've seen it, we've heard it all and seen it all. But, yeah, he can't pitch in any close games for quite some time until he proves otherwise. And I'm not sure how you're going to do that in little pockets out of the bullpen. But better place than, uh, than where he was last time out. And, I'm, um, and, you know, who knows if Mitch White's going to do the job, but he's at least deserved that opportunity. Joe, are you surprised with the way we see the lineup for the Blue Jays being pitched that they have had challenges making adjustments to the way they're being pitched? Not at all. Not at all. You're we've, not- uh, we've talked We've talked about this since the winter, right? We all talked about the left-handed bat thing in this lineup or two. And for whatever reason, it hadn't happened. I know they tried hard, but it just didn't happen. And um, I think what we do is you're going to go through stretches, and they're going through one right now where the pitchers, whether they're high-end pitchers or mediocre pitchers, whatever they are, they're pitching very well and executing that game plan very well. And there'll be times when the pitchers are not not going to execute that game plan very well. And that's when this offense that is very good is going to hammer them. And so you're going to go through those ups and downs. It just so happens they've gone through a stretch. Um, the three Cleveland starters were all very good starters. But, you know, when you look at both and Kramer and, and Bradish these last few days, these aren't exactly high-end guys. And I think the Blue Jays, more so the first couple days, like I thought yesterday was better for a little while. I thought that uh, the previous two days that they were just, they showed how they're susceptible to righties that will pound them away with the sliders and cutters and breaking ball stuff. But I thought yesterday, at least even in the first inning, it was Vladdy and Gurriel both looked like they consciously hit balls to the right side. Vladdy lined out to right, Gurriel bounced out to second. But it was on a fastball away, so I'm thinking, okay, at least maybe this has been talked about. They're going to make this adjustment today, and then not so much. But I gave gave both a little credit yesterday. You know, I know Buck said it on the broadcast too. But man, there are several times he was just paying that outside corner, and that's when it does make it difficult. But the approach, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. It doesn't surprise me at all that the pitchers continue to do that, and probably see it again tonight too with Montas. You know, big fastball, of course. Mm-hmm. But guess what he's got? He's got a slider and a splitter. So. It'll be a challenge, no question. I think velocity makes it even more of a challenge. Yeah, Joe, I stunk as a hitter. I had to move around the dish. You know, if a, if a guy was telling me you're talking to Bark, if I well, again, I had a, you know, you're the same. If the guy was me a bunch of breaking balls, it's good closer to him. If he's throwing me away, it's good closer to the plate. Am I reading too much into this? I think this is so easy of an mm. adjustment to you know. I'm not talking about moving feet, but I'm talking about you want to change point of contact. You want to make the you want to shrink that target a little bit and make it a little harder for, like you said, the last couple of days, they've been locating those. You know why they've been locating those? It's late in the season and the target for them to throw to is giant. It's giant. And I just, for whatever reason, I just find it hard to believe that nobody sees sort of what I see is just scoot a little closer to the plate, make them try and do something else. Am I reading too much into that? Is that too easy? (laughs) 
I think I think you're making it sound too easy because I mean, as a catcher, and I know you're saying subtle moves, but as a catcher, anytime you see that kind of stuff, guess what you're going to get next? You're going to get a fastball in. And I think of like over this last week, some of the pitchers. The one that stood out to me was Quantrill actually, because he's really the one that really pitched inside effectively. Mm-hmm. He kept the Blue Jays honest with the elevated fastballs and inside. And when he was doing that, now if you're if you're creeping toward the plate a little bit as a right-handed batter to cover the cutter away. And as a catcher, you notice that, or as a pitcher, you notice that, you'll pound him in. So that's that cat-and-mouse game. So you have to be very careful with those moves. They do have to be subtle. I don't discount what you're saying, Bart, because, I mean, it's we've been seeing this for a while now, for over mm-hmm. a week, about how they've just been pounding away, 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 Soon, sooner or later. I think this was an issue. If I can recall, I don't know what year it was, a few years back, obviously, with Edwin. And Edwin was getting pounded away, 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 and he just couldn't get to it. He'd roll over stuff. He'd pop stuff up. And I think it was Jacoby that was the hitting coach at the time. I remember talking, saying, like, He's saying, like, we, we got to make an adjustment. I mean, in other words, how long are you going to keep doing this? Kind of what you're saying. Yeah. So, yes, you can make subtle changes, but at the same time, I think you have to be careful of that subtle change because now you, you've seen these Blue Jays hitters, too, when they get pounded in with some fastballs, how they can get blown up, too. So, it's a, it's a tough thing. I think ultimately it comes down to uh, pitch execution, and the ones that are executing are really making them look susceptible. But when you don't execute, this lineup will get you. We know that. So, uh, George Springer did not start uh, yesterday. It was a day off. He ended up coming off uh, the bench and pinch hitting and, and you know, playing sorry, to sig- la- sorry to laugh. Playing a significant role in the game. Uh, clearly, it was a genius move, not, uh, not, no question. not playing him. Uh, how are they going to manage the situation when they need George Springer in the lineup, DHing, and want Danny Jansen in behind the plate? How, how, how is this situation going to be managed, do you think? Well, I can tell you that when I saw the lineup yesterday, first of all, Chapman leading off again, I'm not sure where that's coming from. He is, that's the last guy I think I would choose to lead off. I would have had Espinall leading off before Chapman and put Chapman back down five, six, seven, wherever he is. Uh, I don't get it. I don't know where this comes from, but if for, for George to come off the injured list and Schneider said yesterday in our meeting with the media, he said that the, the schedule, the plan was to DH for two days and have a day off. And the answer to that is, I don't get it. I mean, you're DH, and what are you doing when you're DH? Are you swinging the bat what seven or eight or nine or ten times a day, and you're available to pinch hit? Like, if they said he's not available to pinch hit yesterday, I get it. Yeah. But he pinch hits. He comes into the highest intensity spot of the game and takes some vicious hacks. Yeah. Don't tell me he couldn't have DH yesterday. So he better DH for four straight days in New York with a day off Monday. I, I don't get that. I totally get that. There's a plan and there's a schedule. But it doesn't make sense to me if he's going to come in when he did yesterday in that situation and swing the bat. Did you see the first hack he took? Yeah, crazy. Jeez. Oh, so it doesn't make sense to me, but that's that. I'm sure it doesn't make sense to a lot of players and coaches in that clubhouse too. I'm sure Joe, it comes Joe, from the training stuff. Joe, to your point about Chapman leading off, coming into last night's game, yesterday's game, he was two for his last 17 in the last five games with one walk. The night before, he was 0 for 4 with three punches. The only thing I How can... How are you picking that to lead off? The is only my, thing I can... Point. I, I, I'm with you guys. The only re- thing, and I wasn't I wasn't in uh, John Schneider's pregame media availability yesterday, but guys, the only thing I could think of is he sees a lot of pitches. That's, that's, the, that's the only what? thing I could think of. What's that do? What does that really do? I mean, we, I know we talk about seeing pitches from the pitcher, but you want a guy at the top of the lineup that is probably going to be a good contact guy. And, and he's got a good ice. He's pitches. Yeah, I get it. But he's also got a lot of swing and miss. Yep. He's also a guy that at times he's a funny type hitter because, you know, I, a little while back before he got hot there, I'm pegging him as a guy that 
he's having trouble with that fastball up in the zone. And then all of a sudden he started mashing it a little bit. And then I'm thinking, yeah, and he has also trouble with breaking balls. But then he started hitting the breaking ball. But I keep looking at his swing mechanics, and he's he's a little mystifying to me because he's that guy that he doesn't get that big load. It, mm-hmm. It's almost just a forward move. But then the second part of it, he gets a great turn as he swings the bat. So it's kind of like 50-50 for me, but he's still got like a little bit of a sink into his swing. That's where I think he's susceptible up. But because he doesn't get that big load, it's just kind of that move forward. That's why I think he's susceptible to the breaking ball away. He doesn't pick up the spin as well. So he doesn't chase, but he does chase breaking balls away. Six so that's pitch, where I think six, he's – I don't think he's a leadoff hitter. Six okay. pitch outs and out. Uh, whether yeah. it's a first out or well, a six pitch. No, but I'm saying I'm, I'm trying to come up with a reason. And that's the only reason – that's the only reason I, 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 I could come too, up with. I just said this to you played yesterday. He's hitting 357 leading off. Huh? I mean, I – Oh, okay, let's move on. Uh, Jose Barrios is throwing tonight, Joe. If you're catching, <laughs> if you're catching Barrios on the road, how do you how do you get him through it? You cannot worry about Yankee Stadium. I think that's the first thing, and I I say this because any pitcher is probably thinking about the environment in Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. and that right field portion of this Yankees lineup. Now, even though it's a struggling Yankees lineup, you know they're just like the Blue Jays; they can break out anytime, right? <laughs> it's kind of funny. You got two of the best lineups in the league in this series and they're both scuffling right now. So they're both due to break out. But you, I think as a catcher, that's almost the mental. Barrios is a veteran guy, but sometimes they're fragile too. You know, I don't know Jose very well, but he is, and he knows he's scuffling right now. Hey, mentally that's challenging. So you have to just disregard all that. I'd almost think about being aggressive and pitching guys in. I hope he pounds Rizzo inside tonight because you can't be afraid of these guys and the right field wall. You just have to be aggressive. It's really quite mystifying. I think you can say with Jose that, yeah, sure, he's on the plate a little bit too much with his fastball and it's getting hit and all, but there's something not there some days. And when I say something, it's, it's that life. Um, you know, Kev, when you're hitting and you hit a 93 or 94-mile-per-hour fastball or you see one, some are different than others. Mm-hmm. And I think for Jose, some days it's different than others. It's got that extra little gear some days and it doesn't on other days. And I think you can say the same about his breaking ball. Like some days it's sharp and tight. Other days it's kind of that roly poly one. And I don't know why that is. I don't even, well, he might not know why it is either because otherwise they would have figured it out by now. Is it, I, the last thing I thought about, I think this is really reaching, but here's a guy, he's not that old yet, but he's logged a lot of innings. Is there something, is this workload catching? I can't imagine that. It's not like he's thrown 200 innings six years in a row or anything. So it's just, yeah, it's a little baffling. He did have the dead arm early in the season, right? He yeah, did. yeah. He did. So maybe yeah. that's a little of it. I, it seems to me like the velocity consistently is there. It's just yeah. like you said, the tunneling of the late giddy-up. Like that little, you know, you know it's coming. You know I'm throwing it, but I just don't want to really throw it because I know it's not going to move and, and have the late giddy-up. Yeah. It's, it's the life it's and odd. the movement. It is. It's all life in the movement. Yeah. And, and if you think back to spring training, even if if you remember, he was quite open that he didn't just feel as if he was as far mm. along as he normally would be in spring. He wasn't whining about it, but he, he was asked about you know the whatever the lockout and this and this and getting ready for it. And, and he yeah kind of said yeah I, I I don't feel the way I would normally feel. So funny you say that, Jeff. Because now that you mentioned that, I kind of forgot that actually. When you mentioned that, there was something in spring training, wasn't? There, wasn't he being brought along very slowly? Yeah, and it was in just, the games or something. Yeah, and I don't think there were any red flags. As a matter no. of fact, I remember people saying the velocity was fine, but he was just saying he didn't he didn't feel mm. the same way. So I, you know, I I don't know. It's, it's one of those it's things. Easier, 
it'd be easier to figure out if he was like bad all year, but then he had some really good starts. He had plenty of quality starts. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it starts at home. If it wasn't for the fact that that last start aside, he's been dominant yeah, and, at times at home and then just awful in the road. That doesn't feed into that narrative necessarily. Bangers, you know, that was, that was a funny one too, the way eh? like that last start. I mean, I know it wasn't good and I wasn't going to come on and say how, how well he pitched, but I didn't think it was as bad as the numbers showed, like the eight-run inning. You know, he hit Austin Hedges. It started with that hitting yeah. Austin Hedges with an 0-1 fastball, and you could say, oh, you can't hit the eight here. Well, no, but when you're throwing a good sinker inside, sometimes it clips the guy's elbow. And then it was a bloop single, and then it was that Quan bunt. Remember the bases yes. were loaded? Yes. Then Rosario hits a 17-hopper up the middle for a two-run single. I mean, it just it kind of just – I didn't think it was as bad as the eight runs ended up yeah. feeling. No, that's uh, I think that's that's entirely. Fingers yeah. crossed. We don't see you say in the third inning tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Oh, that man. wouldn't be good. Yeah, that'd be good. We've <laughs> we've moved you in the bullpen. We don't have a role for you. Well, actually, we do. Yeah, I'd rather Fingers not find crossed. out. I'd I'd rather not find out that role until uh, until uh, you know actually until spring training would be optimal for me. But yeah, Joe, thanks for doing this, man. You're the best. All right, boys. Care, Enjoy Thanks, the Joe. weekend. Thank Take you. Care. Joe Siddle, Blue Jay Central Analyst on Sportsnet. Yankees J707 tonight. Jose Brios against Frankie Montas. Oh. Kevin Gossman against Jameson Tyone. Mitch White against Garrett Cole. And then uh, good old TBC may, against Nestor may, may, Cortez. Maybe I, am, maybe I am. You are. Saying it too much about moving around at the plate. But I just. I. <laughs> I just find it hard to believe that they, the meetings that they have don't start with, hey, you know how you're being thrown at the plate. It's everything away. We know how far off the plate you stand. The, uh, it's not mechanics. It's not bat path. It's not timing. It's that, for whatever reason, the challenges are that you driving down and through and catching that ball, because you do. The, the, everybody thinks you have to let that ball travel its way. No, you got to catch it out in front of your front knee to keep it fair. You're not trying to hit that down the right field line. You're trying to hit it in the right field gap. Easier thing to do would, would change point of contact. Yeah. I mean, make, make it like a like you're going up and ask the you, catcher. Like, you know, talked about angles and stuff. And around like, yeah. your, in the play, don't make it obvious. Like, hey. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, Joe makes it sound like I'm making too much out of it. But, man, well, right well, now, I, what do you got to lose? I mean, I would say this. If it was that simple, I would think they'd be done by now. That's all I'm saying. I, that's all I'm saying. Uh, we've got tickets to give away to see the Jays and Cubs at the Rogers Center on August 31st. What are you looking at me like that? I'm going to tell you this. If you'd have made three guys for the Orioles, Orioles, Change a plan because their plan was everything's away. When in doubt, go away. And if you're misses, make sure they're off the plate. No problem. Look how big the target is. I can do that. Don't take a brain surgeon or or a big league established ace to do that. What if they made them do something different? Maybe the outcome would have been a little different. That's all. I'm confused as all. Maybe I'm the only guy that stunk enough that I had to do all this moving around and I didn't care if the catcher knew it or not. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I've said it. Today's Go question on. is to win tickets to the Jays and Cubs game at the Rogers Center on August 31st. Thanks because for letting been, me. No problem. We've been giving you the chance all season long to win Blue Jays tickets here uh, in Blair and Barker. Yesterday we asked you which Cubs player was the MVP in the 2016 World Series. The answer was Ben Zobrist. Never got that. No. Would you? You didn't. 
I, it would have. I guessed I a guess bunch a of guys. I, yeah, I guessed a bunch of guys. You, you you guessed the right fielder, Jason Hayward. Both Lance and I. I, I came Gosh. up with David. I I thought Ross too. David Ross didn't Lance Lance mentioned that in the yeah it, it, it was Ben Zobrist. Today's question again is to win tickets to the Jason Cubs at the Rogers Center on August thirty first. This American painter served in the Air Force and <laughs> Fafo. This American painter served in the Air Force <clears throat> and hosted 403 episodes of The Joy of Painting before passing away at the age of 52. The answer is Bob Ross. See, that's why I didn't know, because the guy's dead. That's why you didn't <clears throat> know. Today's actual question. Who was the Chicago Cubs player that won the National League batting title in 2005? I would have got this. Would you get this? I didn't hear what you like, said. Who was... I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about the Bob Ross. Thing. Who was the Cubs player? I just looked up. He's the guy, the frizzy-haired guy. Oh, all of a I sudden. I still don't know who he is. You looked it up with your computer. I still don't know who he is. You should. I still don't know who he is. Happy little tree over here in the right corner. That's what he used to say. This, this, It needs a happy tree. <laughs> That's You need to watch because you need something happy. Continue. So this is like, is this supposed to be culture? I don't know. It's supposed to be like he's a he was a... Like a cool, come to my house and watch oh, yeah. me paint, and not actually come, come, come to, to my house and watch me paint. Yeah, he was at, you know, come into the whatever. The Anyhow, today's you, question. Ruin everything. No, the the question is who is the Chicago Cubs player that won the National League batting title in two thousand and five? Text the answer to five ninety five ninety for your shot to win. See contest rules at sportsnet.ca slash five ninety. Bob Ross. Eh? I don't know. Michael Kay is going to join us in a few minutes. Uh, he's the Yankees announcer uh, yeah, on the Yes Network. He's also host of the Michael Kay Show and the K-Rod cast. Uh, he had Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter on the K-Rod cast. It's interesting because ESPN's done this uh, series, The Captain, on Derek Jeter. And yeah, a lot of people, yeah, it's produced by Derek's people, or yeah, it's produced by Derek Jeter's people and a lot of people said it's basically like a hagiography, you know. It's just, uh, I've watched it. I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, you get a, a glimpse into Derek Jeter's, his sense of humor. But the the K-Rod cast with A-Rod with, with and Jeter was terrific. As I said, really the only guy who could pull that off is Michael K. So he'll join us in a few minutes. We'll also preview the Yankees-Jays series. Uh, Clay Holmes has gone on the IL. He will not be available for the Yankees. He'd kind of hit the skids recently anyhow. But it's, it's, it's interesting that these two teams would be playing each other at this particular time. It's almost like let's, let's give Chapman a chance. That's sort of what that's and we'll like. We'll see. Mm. We'll see. He didn't look good last night. The Jays have had some success against Roldis Chapman. He has not Walks a lot of always guys. overpowered them. an issue now. And 101 is not what it used to be. Yeah, it's just not. It, it, it's yeah, not. It, it's not, and you no. know, no, it's not. And it's especially not what it used to be when, I was going to say when that's all you got, but uh, I mean. Well, he's got the split change a roll, and the slider. I but think, a roll, this is not the same roll as Chapman he was. He was a couple of years ago. He doesn't, I don't think he, he does a lot of non-competitive pitches, which is a big deal. When you walk guys, then guys can eliminate certain pitches 
And you don't pitch ahead. We you, will, can, you still have to pitch ahead. We will see Frankie Montas tonight. Uh, one of the pitchers moved at the trade deadline, a guy that the Jays allegedly had interest in. It's interesting looking at all the trades that were made at the trade deadline and how the teams that made big acquisitions, it's clearly worked out for Seattle. San Diego's still kind of San Diego, even with Soto. And I'm not saying it was a bad deal, but I'm just saying they're still kind of San Diego. Frankie Montas, the Yankees are still scuffling because of that. The deal that really looks good right now is the, the Jordan Montgomery deal for the, for, for the Cardinals. Yeah, he, he's making a considerable difference to the St. Louis Cardinals. And I have to admit at the time, I, I understood why the Yankees made that deal. They wanted to improve their outfield defense, but I think we had Sweeney Murdy or, or somebody on saying, just look at what Jordan Montgomery's done for the Yankees this year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they've got, you know, they've got Montas now and Tyone and Cole and, and Nestor Cortez, but Jordan Montgomery was so consistent for them and just kind of that, you knew what you were going to get from him every time. And looking back, it's kind of a puzzling deal. Uh, but yeah, some of those other deals, you know, yeah, their teams are better, but it's not like it's kickstarted anything, right? For the Mariners, it seems to have made a real difference. Luis Castillo seems to have the really schedule, the put a spring in The schedule has a lot step. to do with it, too. The, the teams you're playing, you know, the, the Padres ran into the Dodgers not far after getting right. Soto. Right. I mean, that will make anybody look bad. Yes. I mean, that, they're, they're a good team. Fair point. So you got to be, you got to be, you know, you got to look at that with a, with a broad slate. Fair point. Fair point. Know? Michael Kay will join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fan, the Sportsnet radio network, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. More Leafs, more Raptors, more Blue Jays. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and Alish. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that was Michael Kay with the call last night as Josh Donaldson walked off the Tampa Bay Rays. That's the 12th time, Lance, in their history. Lance Kennedy, our, our technical director, it's the 12th time in Rays history they've been walked off by Grand Slam. <laughs> That's a big number. That's a huge number. Now, somebody's going to say, well, I don't know, Jeff, the Jays have been walked off by a Grand Slam. I don't know. 12 seems like a hell of a lot of times to be seems like walked off. Mm-hmm. JD, man, he's still not really. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, yeah, he's got a sense. Don't get crazy uh, with that. He's still I'm telling you, man. He's gonna is, do, is he playing third in the playoffs? He's gonna do something this series. Oh, he's gonna do something this series against the Jays. I'm telling you right now. Uh yeah. Hit him his first at bat, he's done. Stop. <laughs> um that, that was you're awful. That was Michael Kay with the call of that home run. He is, of course, the Yankees announcer. He is host of the Michael Kay Show and the K-Rod cast on ESPN. Michael, thanks so much for joining Kevin Barker and myself. Um, good to talk to you. Trust you're doing well. Before we talk about the Yankees and 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 the Jays, I wanted to ask you about the, the K-Rod cast with Alex and Derek. And 
which was terrific. It was uh, I. It was it was fun. Michael, when when you found out that you were going to be in the same room as Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter, and you were basically going to be hosting this thing, and everybody in baseball is watching it because you know because of the the relationship between the two. I know you know both of them. You covered both of them. But what was your initial reaction when you heard that this was going to be presented to you? I thought it was going to be a challenge. You know, you, you, you're not quite sure what their relationship is and, and what stage it's at. Because if you watch the documentary, mm-hmm. obviously there was some ill will between the two of them and, and more Derek toward Alex. I think Alex Alex just wanted to be liked and said something that Derek didn't agree with. And, and Derek, you know, you don't cross Derek. If you cross Derek, you'll never get back in the club. So uh, I knew it was going to be a challenging um, thing to be a part of. Uh, and one of the producers on the show actually recommended that uh, I wear a basketball referee shirt. Uh, <laughs> I decided not to do that, but it, it turned out to be fine. I mean, they, you know, first of all, Derek, Derek would never, ever betray anything on the air that he wouldn't want the public to, to, to see. Right. So he was fine. And, and Alex was very uh, apologetic and, and, and complimentary. So I, I think it worked out. And it was amazing to me, Jeff, the interest the, that, that the whole country had. I mean, about 25% of the audience of Sunday Night Baseball tuned in for that half hour. And usually the average, you know, if you get a 12% average, even the Manning cast gets about a 12% average of the, of the major cast. Uh, that's that's considered really good. So 25% shifted over just to watch Derek and Alex. I'm interested, Michael, in you know your background as a print reporter. Does that come into play when you're interviewing people on TV or radio? And, and specifically in an instance like that, does, is there, you know, we all learn kind of tricks of the trade, right? Are, are, are there any tricks of the trade that carry over when you're doing something like that compared to, let's say, you, you know, you're talking to Derek in front of his locker after you know, after he's gone, whatever, three for four in a game. Every, every trick of the trade that I do on TV is from, uh, from print. Everything I do on TV and radio is from print. Uh, my uh, inquisitive nature, um, my, my desire to, like, get to the bottom of the story. Uh, sometimes I think that TV underestimates itself and, and has always taken a backseat to print when it should be taking a front seat because it's, the, uh, it's, it's immediate. You know, at least when I got into TV, but now, you know, print could be immediate too because of social media. But I, I just feel that, you know, you shouldn't be chasing tomorrow's story. Mm-hmm. You should be making the news. So I've always, uh, I've always gone into all of my jobs thinking like that. Michael, there's never a good time for a team to struggle like the Yankees are struggling now. But is this a good time for the Yankees to be going through this and now they can weather it and, you know, get, you know, everything in line to go into the playoffs the way they want to go into the playoffs. Uh, it's a good way to look at it, and I'm sure that's the way the Yankees are thinking about it. And, and you know, it's, it's funny because it was almost foretold at the beginning of the year because when they went off on that unbelievable start, uh, Aaron Boone refused to celebrate and kept saying, we're just making deposits because at some point we're going to have to make withdrawals. Well, they've been living at the ATM for the last month. <laughs> But they had so many deposits that, you know, they're in good shape. I, 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 it's funny. I'm, I'm the Yankee announcer on, on their network. And at the beginning of the year, I picked the Blue Jays to win the division. Mm-hmm. And as the Yankees were going through the spiral, I kept looking to see that the Blue Jays were going to take advantage. 
They never did. No. It was right there. I mean, what, what, what would have turned this interesting was while the Yankees are struggling and not worrying about things, that the Blue Jays kept winning, and all of a sudden uh, the lead would be down to five or something like that. But, you know, e- even with all of that happening and the Blue Jays not taking advantage, the Blue Jays come in tonight to start a four-game set. They're only nine back in the loss column. So let's say, for the Yankees' sake, the unthinkable happens and the Blue Jays sweep four games. All of a sudden, you know, you're, you know, what – Two weeks left in August, and you're you're only five back in the loss column. That that's the way it has to be done. But the Yankees, I think, feel comfortable, especially after a win like last night. That you know, because if they had lost last night without that walk off grand slam, then all of a sudden it's seven back in the loss column. Seven right. with the with the with the Rays, and I think that a lot of a lot of throats would have really started to tighten a little bit. So that was a, a gigantic home run by Donaldson. Michael, how does Aaron Boone manage the bullpen? In this series, no Clay Holmes. And I understand Clay Holmes hasn't been effective as he was earlier. And and I think he is, you know, getting him back to health is would have to be a huge, uh, a huge priority for the Yankees. But how are they going? How, how do they manage the bullpen in this series? And is that is that as big an issue as it appears from the outside? It's going to be interesting to see exactly what they do because I think that even when Holmes before he got IL'd yesterday. Chapman had kind of taken the job, although Boone wouldn't say that. You know, he, he has a lot of faith in Scott Efros as well. But yesterday, Chapman, the, the bad Chapman came back. You know, he had nine straight amazing appearances. Uh, and then he, he returned to the guy who couldn't command his fastball. So I think that the way they're going to do it is they're just going to mix and match. You know, who's coming up in that inning? Uh, who does he think he matches up best with? Uh, again, look for F. Ross, who we used a lot, so he's probably not going to be available tomorrow or, or today. And I don't think that Chapman's going to be available today. So who they who they close with today? It, it's anybody's guess. Trevino, since they got him from Oakland, the la- he pitched okay at the start. Now the last two starts, he has not pitched well at all. Uh, Loazuga looks a little bit closer to what he was, so I think that that might be uh, something that uh, that could uh, be an option for him, but. I think he has to really hope and pray that his starters give him length. And and with Montas tonight, you know, they're still keeping him at about 70 to 80 pitches. So that's not going to give you more than seven innings if they're lucky. So they're going to have to get a lot of bounce out of the bullpen in these four games. Whenever the Jays lineup struggles, you know, they're right-handed. It's the ball away. When the Yankees lineup struggles, you would think experience would take over. They're struggling now. Can you pinpoint why that may be? Yeah, I mean, I hate to make excuses. I'm certainly not doing that. Um, they, they've got a lot of injuries. Uh, losing losing Stanton really, really hurt. For a couple of games, they didn't have LeMahieu. Uh He pinch hit yesterday, got a hit. He's supposed to be back in the lineup today. Uh, the loss of Matt Carpenter turned out to be humongous as well. They lost uh, Anthony Rizzo for five days with a stiff back. And before the home run yesterday, he didn't look like the same player either. And then you've got you've got this fact, guys. Guys that are supposed to hit have it. Since the All-Star break, Glaber Torres has been really bad, and he had a home run yesterday. Um, Donaldson has never gotten off on the streak that everybody expected. He's played a great third base, but he has not been able to really click as, as, a, as a hitter. Uh, and the bottom of the Yankee order is really uh, very benign. I mean, Isaiah Canafalefa has done a good job defensively, but he's essentially a singles hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there's a lot of a lot of issues there, like Aaron Hicks. I think he's five for his last 56, gets booed all the time. 
so that's been an issue. And, you know, when this all started, Joey Gallo was striking out. Now they've replaced him essentially with Ben Intendi. And Ben Intendi has hit well the last couple of games. So I just think people have not done the job that they did in the first part of the season. The only guy who's remained steady and firm is Aaron Judge, and that's why I believe he's the American League MVP. If the yeah. Yankees lose home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs, is that a big deal? I think it's only a big deal against Houston. Yeah. You know, if, if they face Houston in the ALCS and game six and seven are in Minute Maid, uh, I, I wouldn't feel too comfortable. Uh, and, and frankly, the way they're playing right now and the state of their bullpen and still have injuries and they're waiting for Stanton to get back, uh, I, I don't know if they're going to have a better record than Houston. Michael, we're going to let you run. Really appreciate you doing this. Thank Thanks, you man. So much. Be well. Anytime, guys. Have a great week. Thank Take you. Care. That is Michael K. Uh, the Yes Network, host of the Michael K. Show and the K. Rodcast. I love the K. Rodcast. The same thing with the Manning, uh, with the Manning cast. I love Michael. A, uh, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy in this room, but A. a- Rod's a, a, a tough listen for me. It, it really is. Like I'm not, I'm not saying anything, any yeah. state secrets here. But it is. He's a, he's sometimes a, a tough listen. And you gotta. I like Michael. I, I think the way he presents himself and the way he speaks about baseball in general, I can listen. I can tune in. A yeah. Rod speaks. See, I kind of occasionally I see his lips moving, and it's yeah. tough for eh, me. I I I like the I like the 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 byplay between the two. I like the it, maybe it's. You know, because as an interviewer, um, you know, some, I mean, I, listen, I haven't made the transition from interviewing people for print to, to radio. I still struggle with getting a question out every now and then, as people, people will tell you. Um, it's not always the easiest thing. And uh, Michael, now he's done it for such a long time, but he was so smooth. I mean, even when he made the mm-hmm. move, when he made the move instantly. And I like his ability to make people, feel comfortable and he has always done that since you know making the move he he he's had a knack for making and he's interviewed big names Mm -hmm. right it's new york like the michael k show has it's got a real cachet you know he's interviewed a lot of people for the yes network not just athletes but people like billy crystal and 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 other people and he has a real knack of making people feel very comfortable when uh, when he's talking to them, and that's I that's why I enjoy that's why I enjoy that K Rodcast. But I've told you this time and again, I like hearing former players talk about things, and I don't particularly care whether they're smooth or whatever. I just have a lot of time for somebody who's been there and done it. And regardless of how they did it, regardless of whether or not they were any good at it, that doesn't even matter. But the fact that somebody has been there and done it is uh, is is remarkable. And I think I think I think A Rod, I think people are going to be surprised in another couple of years. I I really do. Four. I think he's going to get a lot better. I think that he's. I think he's going to become he's become more comfortable talking about his career. He's become more comfortable talking about how people view his career. And that's been a big step for him and and 
getting beyond that hurdle, I think, will allow him to open up a little more. You know, I always used to talk about A-Rod. I kind of thought he was a ditzy blonde, right? You know, he was the... Uh, I mean, he would when he was in New York, he would say and do things. You'd just go, why are you saying and doing it? Like He had an enormous ability to get in his own way. And I think that's eventually going to go away. I think he's had enough chances. I think he is what he is. Uh, I think baseball as a whole has tried so hard to get rid of that uh, steroid issue, and now with a they just uh, they, but it's odd they yeah. beat you to death with it with but him on the odd. air and doing the Sunday night baseball. I know he doesn't do that anymore. Here's the thing, but though. they throw it at you all the time, and here's it's, the, it's a that's a tough for me sometimes to. Here's see, the, I'm, I'm just saying yeah. me as a fan and listening. But here's that's the thing. Opinion. Here's the thing, though. You say, and baseball has spent a great deal of time trying to get under no the steroid. Doesn't it strike you odd as as odd that? You know, if Major League Baseball wanted to, they could call up the Yes Network and say, get him off the air. You know, or, or they could call up anybody and That's say, my point. get him off the air. We don't want him in the air. He, he's, he's, you know, he connects us to the steroid issue. I, 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 don't it's, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. I wish I did. But I'm just saying from a, from a listener, myself, yeah. I, but that's just me. Everybody's got their opinions. Time for Barker's Back Lake Bits. It's that it time of the show, speaking of opinions, where we solicit your questions for Kevin Barker. And as I sign on the internet, let's see how many DMs. Oh, the DMs are, DMs are full. Huh. MDB82. If Bo walked more, less chase... More opportunities to steal. Do you think he could be moved back up in the lineup? I don't think this year. Not this year. Because I, I, I don't think he can make an adjustment like that. For whatever reason, Bo thinks that he can get barrel to any ball thrown to him. If you think that he can change that and say do that consistently, I don't know, say pick 15 games in a row. If the answer to that is yes, uh, sure, maybe. But do you realistically think that? And do you think even, he'll ever even, walk? Do you think he'll ever I'm, be a I guy who I, walks? I'm not a, I don't think that's it. I don't think it has to do with walking. I don't think that's it. Okay. I think it's can he get a good pitch that he can drive consistently? It ain't about walking for me. I know that's the thing, and everybody dreams about that on-base percentage. Not certain guys, that's the way it is. Because a lot of guys, bat-to-ball skills and and being able just to find gaps, a lot of guys don't have that. He does. To consistently do that, he has to get better pitches to hit. And until he does, right now he's a 7-0 hitter for a reason. We always had this conversation about Bo. We've had it for the past couple of years. Uh, about what what is he going to be? What is he? What is he, is he going to be as a hitter? I think we, we have an idea what Flatty is going to be as a hitter. Do we, do we have any idea? Uh, August 18th, 2022, what 2023 Bo Bichette would I be? I think so. I, I do think that he's found, and, and by watching him enough, the, the kick in the leg to the ear, I mean, now he's eliminated a lot of the two-strike approach. When's the last time you just saw him widen out trying to hit a ball to right field? It's rare. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Don't really know why the answer to that is. I think he's trying to drive baseballs more 
than to just soft serve it to right field. I don't think that's what he's trying to do, and I don't think that's what they're asking him to do. When you put a guy, and this is why when you roll your eyes at me every time I say run producers don't grow on trees, watch Bo hit in the cleanup spot, in the five hole, and even in the seven hole. Now, with the people that they hit in front of him, he's going to come up with a lot of guys in scoring position. It ain't about soft serving a ball to right anymore. It's about driving down and through and creating backspin. Being able to score a guy from first. So it's an actual change there. So I think we do know that part of it works. Now it's just like everybody. Every Vladdy's went through at the beginning of the season. Everybody adjusting to what you don't swing at. If he can do that, because he has everything. Bat, bat speed, bat the ball skills. He has balance when he swings at good pitches. So for me, I mean, that's a long-winded answer to that guy or that person's question. It, Yeah, he's a, he's a good player who can be much better if he gets a better pitch to hit. Nathan James asked this question. The one thing the Jays have been able to hang their hat on is their defense. They have 11 errors in August. What gives? There have been... Mm-hmm. There have been, I mean, uh, there were some games played in this homestand where the defense was uh, it was sloppy. I, I think, did did not John Schneider use the word crappy uh, again, again, yeah, to, to describe the baseball they were playing? It's trying, you're trying to always make the perfect play because one side of your game, which matters the most, is the offensive side of, the, of, the, of your game. And defensively, you say Kikuchi threw a ball away, Bo didn't make a play that's right at him. That's odd. I mean, normally he makes those plays, if not all the time. So that's an odd play. A lot of the times your center fielder top you overran a ball, ball went over his head. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. with that little, you know, the ball was in his glove. It popped out. So they are odd plays that, you know, you're asking guys to do things. Now, Jackie Bradley Jr. is a really good outfielder, but there's no excuses. Yeah, but I think if, for me anyway, and I've said this to you, when you're hitting, how funny it is how good you play defense. They don't go hand in hand. All of a sudden, you don't carry it over to the defensive side. It doesn't work that way. If you say it does, you've never played baseball at the highest level. It doesn't work that way. You're, you're a hitter first, and then you go and try not to mess up on the defensive side. That's what you're trying to do. Did I answer that? Yeah. I think I did. Paul Thorvaldson wants to know, when did Bo cut down, abandon his cut down leg kick to strike approach? He'll do it sometimes. He don't do it. A lot of the times he doesn't do it. Right. He used to talk about how, when he was asked about it, how he used to connect it with golf and say that the first two strike approach was his long game. The two the 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 two strike approach Mm -hmm. with two strikes was a short game. The conversations that I've had with him, people around him, that he'll do it against the guy that he's facing. If he doesn't see the ball well, if he has a really good secondary pitch that he just has a tough time picking up, can't see the spin, he's just trying to throw the barrel at the baseball and put it in play, he'll do the two-strike approach. But again, it's, it's about a lot of the times where you're hitting in the lineup and what you're asked to do. And when you're asked to do things that you're not normally used to doing, his manager came out and said, we're putting you in a cleanup spot because we want you to be a run producer. And I used to try and run produce. It's not hard. It's not easy because that 
pitcher is trying to make the perfect pitch because he knows the situation, and so is the hitter. Mm. Something's got to give. Darren uh, asks, maybe Bo needs Dante back. And the reason I'm mentioning that is I have had a lot of uh, DMs, people saying, you know, bring Dante Bichette needs to be be back here. Of course, we know that Dante Bichette was was an advisor with the team last year. Uh, he uh, uh, he left the team during the lockout. He quit so that he could work out or he could work with Bo and Santiago Espinal because during the lockout, club employees were prohibited from talking to players, let alone working for them. And of course, mm-hmm. that would be an interesting situation with if if if. if if Dante had stayed with the Jays, he theoretically wouldn't be able to work with Bo. And seeing as how Bo is his son, it would have made for some interesting dinner conversations or non-conversations. So I I just have been left with the impression, and I, people always ask me this, I've been left with the impression that both Dante and Bo are just kind of comfortable with, with the way it is right now. Dante yeah. shows up every now and then. We've seen him at games. We've seen him down in the field. Uh, I, I just think that, that that's, you know, that, that it, there's always been, Dante has always said, I'll do this as long as everybody's comfortable with it. And I think maybe both sides just kind of decided it's a good time to step back from this right Yeah, now. I'm not sure which one has made that decision. And I'm, I'm not willing to speak on that because I don't know who, no. who has said it could be Dante. It could be Bo. I have no idea. Well, I also know, too, I, that it would have looked awfully funny if, 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 if Dante had shown up in a Blue Jays jersey the day after the lockout was no, over. Major League no, Baseball would have said, okay, what's going on here? They'd have figured it out. They'd have figured out some way to get him here if he would have wanted to be here. I, I, I will know when he was here, they were a good-hitting team because they, they got it ready to hit the old good number one. Oh, yes, they did. And uh, All the time. If you've ever... If you've ever spoken to Dante, you know, he's a big believer in that. That is it for us today. We will be back tomorrow, 10 to noon, normal time, 10 to noon Eastern. We'll also be doing Blue Jays talk tonight immediately following the Jays-Yankees game. Thank you so much for listening to us today. Again, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon.